0: Good morning, is family. Good morning. Let's make our way to our seats as we start to sing and praise God. We're going to start with Let It Rise. Mm-hmm. Let the spirit of
1: the Lord rise. Hey, let the spirit of the rise. We get the love of the Lord and the No, no, no. That's not how we
2: greet in Africa. Good morning. That's better. So we're about to sing Sikoriwana. The other day I, I heard uh, the Americans sing a version. That's not how we sing Sikoriwana.
1: It was beautiful. It was jazzy. But it was not African. Amen. See, when Jesus comes back, yeah. we are going to walk with him. Yes. We are going to sing with him. We are going to dance with him. We are going to praise with him. Are you ready? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, one, Why are we going to
2: walk with Jesus?
1: My Jesus, a In the chin-na, the touch in na na
0: Sisters, I'm Damon, and this is my amazing wife, Vicki. And we we have the privilege of serving the church in DC, and we're so grateful to be here with you today. And you know, you are so encouraging. Those of you who have traveled so far to be here today, to be a part of what God is doing in this modern day movement. And you know, Vicky and I had the privilege of living here in, in LA. So we would drive 35 minutes, 45 minutes to get to the GLC. And we did, did that for many years. But you guys came 21 hours. You guys came two days. You guys came from afar to be here, to learn and to worship our Heavenly Father in a powerful way, man. You know, in scripture it says know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. That is evidenced amongst you today. You stand firm in the one spirit. We're not disunified. We're not all over the place. We're together as one body. Amen, church? And today we have such an opportunity to hear from God what is going on around his movement in the Africanist world sector. Amen? Yes. Uh, I just want to thank Andrew and Petre for leading yes. us powerfully. You know, you know, they make the connection because we're not just the Africanist world sector. We're also a part of the US. Amen. Yes. And and they have made that connection so so greatly. God has used them in such a powerful way to unite the two. But we are one. Amen. 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 And we are one in the spirit. Right now we'll let my wife share. Amen.
3: Amazing to see you. I love. The scripture because it focuses on striving together mm-hmm. and i think about all of us physically in all different places but we're one spirit we're one body we move together as women to do the will of god so i am honored honored to be a part of this world sector to be able to bring more women to our family
0: so welcome come on so, we've got a lot going on this morning. We're going to have some excellent charges this morning. Uh, we're going to, of course, hear from our, our dear brother, Dr. Andrew Smelly, today. As he preaches on the Spirit, Holy Spirit and fire. Amen. But we've got to start things off right. And you know how we do that. We bring God into the mix. Amen. So, right now, my brother Jacques is going to come up and lead us in a word of prayer. Amen.
1: up, bro. Come on.
0: Yeah, we'll bring it. (laughs) Can I say one to rise, please?
4: Come on, bro.
5: Father, this is a special moment. We come before you as empty vessels. Mm. Full of pride, selfishness. That's it. That need to be refined by fire. Throughout the scriptures, fire represents your spirit, God. Yes, God. And Father, we we need you to clean us out, Father. Yeah, thank you. This morning, Father, we are grateful just to be alive, Father. But we are fired up that someone shared their faith with us. Yes. Yeah. Give us a vision, God. Yes. And help us to think of those around us. Father, this morning, we are not deserving There are many things we're not deserving of. Father, just to be at this conference is a miracle in itself, Father. The world and its ways will persist, but we must preach to change men's hearts, Father. Father, this morning we bring before you, Father, those with health challenges. Father, we think of uh, Brother Ron and uh, Tracy. Uh, Especially think of uh, dear Brother Mickey, Father. Uh, Just to hear about his situation, God. Father, we beg you, let your hand intervene. Let us comfort them. Let us be with them in this time, Father. Father, we uh, know in many ways that um, there are many other needs, God. Financial needs, we're so grateful for um, the funds that have been raised, God. Your generosity, Father. I I really believe we wouldn't have an Africa, what we have Uh, If it was not for those sacrifices. Mm -hmm. Father, I I pray this morning that uh, you will give us a great vision. Through Andrew's message. to all the speakers this morning, Father. Father, that's one thing we need. We all need more character, Father. Uh, Acts 17 tells us about the Bereans. Mm. Help us to imitate them, Father. Father, help us to be ready to sacrifice. Father, the world wants to forget Africa. Mm. We need to remember Africa. We need to go out and, and work harder. Yeah. We need to sacrifice more. Please, God. We need to be more wise. We need to be more resilient. We need to be more humble. Yeah. And we need to be more filled with your spirit. Father God, I pray for everyone here this morning. That you will put that seed in their heart, Father. Please, God. That somehow there will be a part of this mission. So grateful uh, for those of the East Coast who are part of our world sector, Father. Amen. Uh, just, just to feel that unity, Father. There's no, uh, no race. There's no language. It, we are all right? one. And this morning, Father, we we just put this session before you, Father. Yes, God. Father, we uh, we pray right now that we would be get ready. That we would be focused father yes. help us to worship with all of our hearts help us not to forget this message this morning help us to go back to our country Father, to our states mm-hmm. and lock it in Thanks, like God. i brought a keep preach last night father yes. father we're uh, grateful and we love you more than life itself in your son's name jesus christ we pray amen yes. amen
6: Language on the motherland, amen. And uh, I know on behalf of my wife and I, and my name is Dr. Anderson, I'm my beautiful wife, and treat, have the privilege to lead the Afrikanist World Center. Um, it is just good to have you all here with us today. You know, when I look around into the audience, I see black, I see white, I see Latin, I see all the colors of the rainbow. And that is what the motherland is. Everybody thinks like Africa's all black. It's like that's not the case. Did you not hear our white Wayne sing with all his heart? Keep Wait, When you sing Secret One, I'm like, that's, that's my man. That's my man. No, um, it's so good to be with you all this morning. You know, I appreciate just the welcome there by the Jameses as well. You know, Africanus, if you guys don't understand, Africanus in Latin means, I don't care, but it's Africa and the U.S. Africanus. Ah. The method behind the madness. Right? So it's Africa and the Mid-Atlantic U.S. Amen? So we're holding it down to the U.S. too. D.C., Virginia, Maryland, North Carolina, South Carolina, West Virginia, and
1: Delaware, which is... Gone. Well, again, guys, greetings from Johannesburg, South Africa,
6: and the 2,000-plus disciples on the motherland. Uh, I I know that I'm just so grateful for partners in the gospel, like my dear brother Blaze Voma, his wife, Patricia, uh, Balaji Shinuri, Aki Fanwar, and Tracy Harding in D.C. I mean, guys, God is working. God is working. We now have nine churches across the motherland from Abidjan, Côte d'Ivoire, Corizuzawa, Lagos, Nigeria, possible Congo, Yaoundé, Cameroon, Kinshasa, DRC, and all the other churches within the DRC. Kikwe, Bandungu, you? I mean, it's incredible. Are you with me? Yeah. And then we
7: just planted Kambala, Uganda, their inaugural service on September 18th.
6: Right there. Yeah. You know, you know, North Africa used to be part of the Middle East world sector. But it was like, hey, well, whoever gets there first, he got some reference. So I was like, well, I remember Blaze was there in Casablanca. You know, it's, it's known as the White City. So all the different buildings are white, and he was telling me other cities are like all red or all blue. It's kind of cool right there. Um, but man, it's just so good to see you all today. Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 3. Wow. Luke chapter 3, the title of the main lesson that I've been given today is The Holy Spirit and Fire
8: That's that's, pretty intense
6: right there Um, But you know, I truly believe with all my heart that we're being led by the Holy Spirit I know for myself personally that my life is being led by the Holy Spirit And that literally He has brought a fire in my life in my, the wa- life of my wife that I, I could never even have imagined. I, I tell most people all the time, I never thought
7: I would be an Africa.
6: And if you're a guest visiting here today, when I say guest, I mean you're not part of Afrikanis, but you're just here rolling with us, amen. Um, you probably never thought, I, I never thought I'd be there either. But guys, I can tell you, um, it's beautiful. That there's something special about going back to the motherland. As an American, I didn't realize how entitled I was. I didn't realize how much things I took for granted. I didn't realize how comfortable I wanted to be. Mm -hmm.
8: And, you know, it's powerful
6: because, like I mentioned to you, I believe the Spirit's working. You know, I got baptized May 20th, 2000. I've been a Christian for 22 years. Just getting started. Just getting started. And um, here's how amazing the Spirit is. I got baptized in Syracuse, New York. Yeah! Syracuse, New York. A lot of these guys, you'd you be shocked how many people are from Syracuse. Raise your hand if you're from Syracuse, New York. There you go, see? All right. Now you might say, what's in Syracuse, New York? Yeah, there's a spot on the Underground Railroad and all these different things, but it's probably known for the Syracuse Orange Men basketball team. Carmelo Anthony played there. Uh, we actually were there when they won the national championship in 2003. But, but here's what's unique. Syracuse was essentially the oldest church in the newest movement. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
6: Syracuse was planted in 1993. But why was it planted? It was planted out of tragedy. Syracuse was actually planted because the evangelist in South Africa lost one of his children. Because when uh, his wife had given birth, uh, one of the children contracted, one of the nurses had some kind of disease or whatever, and gave it to the baby, and one of the babies died. And in order, you know, the the World Psycho leader at the time in the ICU, he reached out to him, he said, listen, bro, is there anything I can do? He said, please, plant a church in my hometown of Syracuse, New York. Syracuse would not have been planted if not for the spirit working right there. Well... And what's interesting, um, as I said, I got baptized in 2000. The brother who actually took over the church in 1999 um, was actually in South Africa for a conference. They had this massive conference in 1995 in Johannesburg, South Africa. And he said, the first guy that I give, I appoint an evangelist. He got a spear in Johannesburg. He said, the first guy I appointed an evangelist, I'm going to give him this spear. Wow. I got baptized in 2000. In 2005, he gave me that spirit and appointed me an evangelist. But it gets deeper. So then, I get baptized in 2000. The first baptism, uh, after that brother came, was a sister who was uh, the sister of a brother who was leading a church in South Africa. And I'm like, this is, this is, I mean, the connection to Africa from all the way in Syracuse, New York. Well, I still remember, when Kip sat down with Patrick and I, he's like, We want you to go to Africa. We want you to oversee the work there. And uh, it was right after we had planted the church in Washington, D.C. in 2008.
1: And uh, we were like, Amen! Let's go!
6: We were all kind of sad because we didn't want to leave D.C. but we are like, Amen. Well, as the Spirit had it, we didn't end up going to South Africa. Oh, sorry. We didn't even get to go to Africa until 2015.
8: Wow. You ever wonder when the
6: Spirit's like, well, when, when is the Spirit going to come through? Like, what's, what's going on with the plan? And of course, you guys may know the story. In 2015, we go to Abidjan Cote d'Ivoire. Hey, Amen. We go to Abidjan for the first African Missions Conference. And while we're there, we find this guy, this guy, Dr. Benedict Addison, this guy was 60 years old, It is 60 years old, well now he's actually, it's been a while now, Seven, nine, 67. Yeah. He had traveled from Nigeria on a public bus from Nigeria, going through three countries to meet us in Abidjan Cotifar. Wow. Now at this time, we were like, okay, we're gonna get ready, we're gonna plant South Africa. Yeah. That was the plan, but the spirit continues to guide. So he gets there, and we're meeting him, Kip. he meets Kip and I, he's like, man, I've heard about your movement, this is amazing. And, uh, but he's like, you must come to Africa, you must come to Nigeria. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, well, thank you, sir, really appreciate it. You know, um, we're, 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 we have plans for South Africa. <laughs> you don't understand. You must come to Nigeria. Amen, bro, amen. Um, Well, what happens? Over that year, literally, all of a sudden, the remnant starts coming out of Nigeria. And guys, this is huge. This is huge, because literally, Jacques and Jeanette were waiting for us in South Africa. I'm so proud of this couple. They had left London, England to come to South Africa, because they were waiting for us to plant the team. They're like, amen, we're here. Yeah. And then we give them a phone call <laughs> because the spirit was working. Yeah. Literally, out of the ICOC, Balaji, I calls me, bro, we're dying here. Please, come and plant Lagos. Talani Abiodun, Damia Arulogan, Sheik, they, they finished their uh, university degrees in England. They have to now, they're forced to come back to Nigeria. Yeah the Spirit is working. Dr. Benedict with the Mainline Church of Christ comes out saying, hey we're here. We're like, okay. We trust the Spirit. We will plant Lagos, Nigeria. um, Naomi was five. Isaiah was three. And now they're eleven and nine. It is incredible to see how the Spirit works. But you know what? I stand in awe of what God is doing. We saw Lagos go from 11 disciples to 155 in 3 years. So Johannesburg, South Africa. And guys, now we've just planted Kampala, Uganda. It's amazing what God is doing. Yeah. Abidjan planting uh, Casablanca. Now DRC is going. Yaoundé, Cameroon, Brazzaville, Congo. Do you want the Spirit to lead you? Do you really believe that we being led by the Spirit? Because the, the Spirit has brought you here today. The Spirit has brought you here today. I'm not locking the doors.
1: But let me tell you something. The Spirit may guide you to a place you never thought you would go. And I believe the Spirit put on your heart, put a fire on your heart to be here this morning.
6: The question is whether you're walking in step with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, or another type of Spirit. Well, let's get into Luke chapter 3. You know, in order to understand the significance of the title, the Holy Spirit and fire, we need to kind of understand what's going on here in Luke chapter 3. John the Baptist, he's preaching. That's what John the Baptist did. He was preaching throughout Judea about a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. But before he was willing to baptize people, he's like, listen, you're going to have to count the cost. Right. He called them you brood of vipers, right? He was pretty intense, right? And he's like, listen, you've got to produce the fruit of repentance in your life. We baptize disciples only. Amen, family? Because these guys were relying on their Jewish heritage to protect them from God's judgment. And so his, his preaching is firing up the crowd. They had been waiting for the nation of Israel. The entire nation of Israel had been waiting for the arrival of the Messiah. And so it had been 400 years since a prophet had come to talk to them. And so now John's on the scene, preaching the word of God, declaring judgment and salvation for those who decide to repent and glorify the Lord. But the issue is that they were waiting for the Messiah. And they were starting to question whether John the Baptist was him. Let's see what the Bible has to say here in Luke chapter 3, picking up in verse 15. Luke 3, 15, the Bible reads the people were waiting expectantly
1: and were all wondering
6: in their hearts if John might possibly be the Christ. John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one more powerful than I will come, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His whittling fork is in his hand to clear the threshing floor, to gather the wheat into his barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. And with many other words, John exhorted the people and preached the good news to them. Two quick points today. Point number one, we deserve nothing. But God has given us
1: everything. We deserve nothing. But God has given us everything. You know,
6: we forget how much God has given us. We forget the salvation we received. And very often, we struggle with entitlement. You know, right here, we see the spirit of humility. The spirit of power in which John spoke. He points out to the people, he's like, listen, I'm not here to baptize you to follow me. I'm here for you to follow Christ. And I think for all of us, you know, many different people have come to me and like, Bro, what does it take to be an evangelist? Bro, what does it take to go into ministry? And that's good. But I'll tell you one thing. We're not here to become celebrities. We're here to celebrate Christ. Amen, family? This is huge. This is huge. Because the truth is, this room should be going into the next room. This room should be packed, I mean, we should be breaking down this wall and adding more people in here. When people really understand the billion plus people that are waiting to hear the message. But you know, I look at this and I realize John the Baptist was preparing people for the coming of the Lord, one greater than himself, but how different is John than the false preachers of today that love to celebrate themselves, that love to take credits? You see, if you want credit, if you want a cushy situation, this isn't the place for you. If you want to be a spiritual marine for God, you're in the right place. A lot of people think, man, the mission team, the the, the foreign field needs me. No, you need the foreign field. you 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 need the foreign field to be sharp. You need the foreign field to see how much you need to see the power of God. I can't tell you how many days when, you know, there was just like, okay, well, we'll see if we get electricity or not. Yes. You just have to live by faith. Yeah. Right? Yes. You got to come home from working out. Right, I'm ready I'm take a shower before a detox. Yes. 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 Wow. Yes. Oh. There's no water? Wow. Baby, baby, can you, can you go and get the big water bottle downstairs? Oh, yeah. Come on. All right, All right here we go. Let's go. You know, we just assume things. We go to the ATM.
1: There's nothing in there. You just assume certain things.
6: You just have to walk by faith. You want, oh, there's no more gas in the car. Right? Well, I guess we got to get into the queue. There were times, guys, we have to wait hours just to get gas. Wow. God, please, please, I'm running late. Please, God you walk by faith more than ever before. You see, remember, Satan works to to get us either by giving us too much or too little. You get what I'm talking about right there? He gives us too much or we get too little. We can get embittered or we just get soft and get lulled to sleep. Well, I think this is huge because I look at John. John, his attitude showed no entitlement. For you this morning, what do you think you deserve? You think you deserve a good life? You think you deserve a good job? Good money? That's normal, right? There's nothing wrong with that. But Jesus gave up heaven for us. He left the comfort of heaven to come down to first world Palestine. Sorry, first century Palestine. Not first world, first century Palestine. No, no, no. On, but can you imagine? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm not talking about, what, what's that movie with, um, oh my goodness. No, it's the African movie with Eddie Murphy. Yeah.
8: Coming to America.
6: You remember coming to America?
1: <laughs> She's my queen. Right,
6: you remember coming to America? And he's like, awesome. And he's like, ah, I'm going to find my wife you know, man you got. And so what does he do? He humbles himself. He says, I don't want people to know who I am. I think the problem is we kind of want the reverse. We're like, we've been living too long and just, you know, drama. I want to have some of that. What do you think you deserve? You know, um, what's powerful in this passage, it says, He says in verse 16, I am not worthy to untie the thongs of Jesus' sandals, essentially. Now we gotta understand, we need to have some background knowledge of Jewish culture to appreciate the impact of this statement. In those days, one of the duties of a foreign slave, a foreign slave, was to untie the sandals of the master's feet. In Judaism, the act of untying one's sandal was such a degrading act that a Hebrew slave was not to undertake it. Leave it to the foreign slave to do. Wow. Wow. Come on, wow. And he's saying, you know what? I don't even deserve to do what a foreign slave would do to, to the Messiah. Wow. Guys, this is huge. He's, he's, so, he's saying he's so inferior to Christ, he's not even worthy to perform the most menial, degrading task for Christ. Come on. How about you this morning? Would you be willing to do, and not even consider yourself worthy, to do the most meaning, just menial, degrading task for the sake of Jesus Christ? You're quiet. Either you're tired, well that's too early for that, or you're convicted. See guys, How how does this relate to us? You know, we got to have the same attitude. Because if Jesus said that John was the greatest born of women, and John said that he was so inferior that he's not worthy to perform a meaningless, demeaning task for the master, then what should our attitude be? Do you want to be served? Or do you want to be able to serve others? And when that brother asked me about being a man, I said, bro, it's just being a servant. You're the greatest servant. That's what Jesus did. And I I think one of the key things I mentioned to him, I said, bro, if you really want to be an evangelist, you need to be humble, you need to be holy, and you need to be hungry. If you're holy, if you're humble, if you're holy, if you're hungry, God will bring the harvest. But I think sometimes people think the opposite because the world teaches you to think that way. Turn over to Luke 17. Luke 17. In our prayers, sometimes we treat God more like a genie yeah, right. than truly the Almighty God. Come on. We think God should be serving us. Why hasn't God given me what I want? I pray
1: for this. I've been giving contribution for the last ten years. I give missions. I go on tagging. I do all this stuff. Where's mine?
6: I'm sure you never felt that. No? I appreciate my sister Tina. Tina, what you to... you know Tina's been around the kingdom for a little while. And uh, the Lord just blessed her with a powerful South African disciple. My sister Tina is dating in the kingdom of God. But you know Tina didn't struggle with any of that, right sis? Don't any of that. No, No <laughs> I never forget. I used to hear a brother sing soon and very soon, you know, and he sing, uh, no, um, when it says, what's that song? Gotta be ready when it call. Oh, someday. And so someday, 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 someday. someday. Uh, And when we sing that, right? And you know, women go, Gotta be ready when it calls my name. Now it's talking about Jesus.
1: But the problem is, some of the sisters say, Gotta be ready when it calls my name. Gotta be ready when it calls my name. Someday. Someday. That's what happens.
6: Luke 17. (laughs) Guys, do you think that God owes you something? No, you, you gotta really think about this. You gotta really think about it. You know, when the, when the Nationals shared the other day, it was powerful. It was very... I mean, giving up Harvard University, persecution, the drama, I was like, man. It was the most moving part to me. Um, but I, I think for us, do we serve only to g- receive a claim from others? Or do we serve to honor God? You know, in Luke 17, when I was appointed an evangelist, I I remember reading this verse. And here, Jesus speaks, he says in John 17, verse 7. Suppose one of you has a servant plowing or looking after the sheep. Would he say to the servant when he comes in from the field, come along now, sit down to eat? Would he not rather say, prepare my supper... Get yourself ready and wait on me while I eat and drink. After that, you may eat and drink. Would he thank the servant because he did what he was told to do? What's the answer to that? No. So you also, when you have done everything you are told to do, should say what? We are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. You know, I'll tell you right now, um, I consider it an honor to have gone to Nigeria with my beautiful wife. The children It's an honor. You know, people come to me like, oh, bro, we appreciate your sacrifice. I'm like, no, it's an honor. Yeah. Yeah. On, I've grown more than anything else. Yeah. I needed this. Come on. Come on, bro. And I look at this and I realize, man, I don't deserve a seat at God's table. Mm-hmm. I don't deserve thanks from God. I deserve nothing but death because of my sins.
8: Mm.
6: How do you feel this morning? But you know what's really amazing me? What amazes me? Take a look over in John 13. Even though we deserve to be slaves, God has made us sons and daughters. Amen, family? He has given us an inheritance in heaven. Even though we sin daily, Jesus' blood still washes us clean. Look what it says here in John 13. John 13, picking it up in verse 3. John 13, picking it up in verse 3. We deserve nothing. But God has given us everything. In John 13, the Bible reads here in verse 3, Jesus knew that the Father put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from his meal, he took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to watch others wash his disciples' feet. To wash someone else, the foreign slave, go and take off their sandals. no. Our God, our God, wrapped a towel around his waist and said, I'm going to take off your sandal. I'm not just going to take off your sandal, no, 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 that's just the beginning. I'm going to take your crusty feet. (laughs) I'm going to wash off, Now, hopefully all you guys have nice fresh feet. But Jesus got on his knees, and he washed between your toes. He not only untied your sandals, he he took off your sock. Have you ever had someone wash your feet before? I've done I've washed other people's feet and someone forced me to wash their feet I mean they like bro I'm gonna wash your feet okay okay fine fine and it's the most like it's a little uncomfortable it's not because my toes aren't fresh it's because it's just because you just feel like you shouldn't be doing this that this is I can do that no 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 and, and I never forget when we were leaving Syracuse they washed our feet wow And I was like, man, this was... Bro, we're going to wash your feet. You know, um, he washed them, he dried them. Not like a Jewish slave, like a foreign slave. You know, down in verse 12, it says,
9: when he had finished washing
6: their feet, he put on his clothes. Wow, he actually took off all his clothes with a towel besides the bear stuff. He had his clothes on, but he took off his main clothes. He says, return to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for this is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Whose feet are you washing spiritually? How have you humbled yourself to help others the way Jesus humbled himself to wash us clean?
10: Guys,
6: this, this convicts me. This convicts me. You know, Jesus left the glory of having preached in first century Palestine for three years. Wow. But many disciples can't even come to a missions conference in Africa for three days. Wow. Guys, this is, this is real. Come on, you know when you're at a conference, it's like, woo, yeah, yeah. Come. I want to challenge you like Dr. Benedict. Come. Here's the thing, you can come to South Africa, no visa as an American, stay for three months. See, y'all don't know this. You can come to South Africa for three months as an American citizen and no visa. You can jump on a plane right now and come. Come and join us. Show us how you're willing to wash others' feet. Some of you, guys, some of you have family on the motherland. And here's the thing. I'm not trying to guilt you into coming back. The Lord and God's spirit will guilt you into it. The issue is this. I I appreciate my brother Alan right here. Who left everything to go and be a part of the team to play in Casablanca, Morocco. Raise your hand, Alan. Guys. He's made it happen. Yeah. He made it happen. Bro, weren't you a Marine before? You see, he was a Marine in the world. Now he's a spiritual Marine for the world. That's the hearts. All right, well, let's get back to Luke chapter 3. We're going to close out here with this last point. Point number one. We deserve nothing. But God has given us everything. He continues to wash us clean, family. What are we doing to wash the feet of others spiritually? In situations that are challenging. In situations that are tough. Again, I honor you for being here. I thank you for being here. But now the question question is, is your faith going to make you act? It's good to come to this conference. Join us. But talk to your evangelist first, and I'll get advice. (laughs) read your Bible, get advice. But you know what, if you really want something, it's amazing how many people will find a girlfriend or a boyfriend, and they're like, maybe, I I, I want her. Okay. (laughs) We want a job, we want a relationship, do we want the mission field? (laughs) Point number two.
1: Get fired up for God now or get fired up without God later. Luke chapter 3. Get fired
6: up for God now or get fired up without God later. Why do I share this? Well, in Luke chapter 3, if you go back here and take a look in verse 16 and 17, this is an interesting passage. Jesus is preaching to the crowds, explaining what God's going to do. But how did the Jews who heard Jesus' words understand this baptism of fire? Was a baptism of fire a good thing or a bad thing?
0: Bridge problem.
6: It's a bad thing. I'm going to read something to you because we just read this, right? I'm going to read the amplified version of this passage. The amplified version of verse 16 and 17 says this. It says, as for me, I baptize you only with water but one who is mightier, more powerful, more noble than I is coming, and I'm not fit to untie the strap of his sandals, even as his slave. He will baptize you who truly repent with the Holy Spirit, and you who remain unrepentant with fire. Don't you look at the Amplified Version? His winnowing fork is in his hand to thoroughly clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat, the believers, into his barn, his kingdom, But he will burn up the chaff, the unrepentant, with unquestionable fire. Wow, that kind of brings it to light right there. Did you get all that before when you read it? So what's the point here? Either we are righteous and walk in step of the spirits, or we're going to be baptized by judgment of fire. Here's what's crazy, guys. There are some people that because they are not living by faith, because they're living more by fear, they will fall away here. There are some people that if they actually went to the mission field, it would save their life. It would save their life. But I was like, no, 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 I'm good. And you get soft, you get comfortable. How many people do you know that fall away right here? You don't need to go to Africa to fall away. You know what's really amazing? We have some of the lowest fall away rates in all of the kingdom. The motherlands.
4: What is that? Why does Africa have some of the, the lowest
1: fall-away rates in the kingdom? Isn't it harder there?
6: Isn't it more challenging there? Why, why does that happen? People, I mean, this one sister, Jossie, the other day was sharing, young sister, her brother got baptized and she got baptized, she walked an hour and 47 minutes on the street to get to church. Oh. That's a Johannesburg disciple. Wow. Do you understand what I'm saying here? People getting beat by their parents in Legos. Crawling out of windows to be able to get to church. Right. And people complain sometimes here in the first world. I know, I was here. We led churches for 10 years here. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's 15 minutes away. I don't know if I can make that. <laughs> you know, when people come to me with excuses, I'm like, I have to kind of like like control my face. Yeah. Guys, either we walk in step with the Spirit or we will be baptized by a judgment of fire. Yeah. Guys, I'm telling you, this is huge. You know, it's interesting because the whole point here for John was that um, he was speaking to the Jewish leaders, of the crowd, telling them that because they hadn't repented, the ax was at the tree. The ax was at the nation of Israel and it's going to be chopped down when Jesus comes. And I think for us this morning, hopefully you're not involved in some sexual morality or deceit or lying or whatever else, other sins are out there drunkenness. But sometimes the sins of the heart, the sins of the heart, we don't repent of. The indifference, the lack of love. Where's your heart today? I'm not going out to strip clubs, I'm not getting drunk. Let's turn over to 2 Timothy chapter three. (laughs) Let's take a look here. What does the Bible say? I'm sure that we don't struggle with these sins. The Bible says here in 2 Timothy three verse one, but mark this, there will be
11: what? Terrible times in the last days, people will be what? Lovers yeah. of? Lovers of themselves.
6: Lovers of themselves. Wow. Yeah. What does that mean? They idolize themselves. They're comfortable with themselves. Yeah. They feel entitled to things. Yeah. Lovers, themselves. Lovers of what? I Money. Really? I wonder why people don't go to the mission field.
1: comfort. What about the money I could be making out there? I could be making more money here than over
11: there. Boastful.
6: I'm in a first world country. We lead the world. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Africa got raped by the rest of it. Guys, it's real. You know, it wasn't until I came to Africa that I'm like, not, this is deep. You know, my brother Blaze, we were having D time the other day, and he's like, bro, I would have been a revolutionary if I didn't become a minister. Wow. Serious. Yeah. If you, there's no more physical colonia- colonia- colonization, but there's financial colonization. Yeah. Right. French Africa right now, guys? French Africa right now? It's harder for me to send money from one African country to our next than to send it from the U.S. here to U.S. to Africa. It's so much harder. Money in French Africa has to loop all the way back up to France before it finally comes back. You're getting their cut, And the people wonder why people so poor. Why are people so poor? People talk about these coups, oh man, these Africans, what's wrong with them? They're always like fighting each other. No, that's not the case. We're not some dumb Africans fighting each other, no. What happens is people get, put in, people get power, and then what happens? They actually wanna change and fix their country. But the powers that be are like, oh no, 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 no. Oh no, you gotta make sure we get our cuts. And if you if you don't give us our cut, we'll replace you with someone else. And all of a sudden, there's a coup! Where did this coup come from? Richard, bro. Yeah. Come on, bro. This is what's going on. You need to go study it out, guys. Africa's not stupid, Africa's been abused. It's time for more men and women to step up and serve the motherland
8: instead of stealing from
6: it. I got to close out here. No, I'm, I'm trying to... As cause he says, yeah, y'all don't want to hear the word. But you know, God, I mean, you look at this. I mean, you look at 2 Timothy 3 and you realize, wow, this is it. We forget this as disciples sometimes. and We feel pretty good about ourselves when we're not in immorality. Well, family, there are 1.3 billion souls in Africa. Wow. There are 54 countries. Incredible. Incredible. And uh, it's incredible what God is doing. I'm so grateful. You know, right now, be praying for us. We have an operation called Operation Motherland. <laughs> and, um, guys, God is working. God is truly working. We've planted Casablanca. We've planted Kampala, Uganda. <laughs> Next year, family, I want to encourage you, God willing, we're going to plant, guess what? Guess what? A crocodile!
1: Guys, next year, we are going to plant Nairobi, Kenya! And you
6: know what? Patrick and I are going to help lead it for a bit, too. We're going to go over there, too. We're going to go. We ain't done finishing planting churches. Guess what? God willing, we're going to plant Lusata Zambia. We're going for it. We're going for it, family. You know why? Because 1.3 billion souls are in danger of the fires of hell. And I want to make sure I'm not stealing from Africa anymore. I want to make sure the world stops stealing, that we can give back. You know, um, in order to achieve Operation Motherland family, We're going to need a couple things. We're going to need to be humble. We're going to need to be holy. And we're going to need to be hungry. And then God will bring the harvest to God be all the glory.
11: Amen. That was powerful. Yes. You know, Andrew brought the fire, man. Yes. You know, at a conference like this, there are all kinds of hearts in the room, and I'm not sure what stage you're at in your life, but this should have brought some fire to your bones, amen. Yes. You know, the Holy Spirit comes with fire, and if you're a disciple in here. You have the Holy Spirit, amen? amen. The fire is in you. Yes. Now, in my life, there have been times where I've been on fire for the Lord. My, my life bur- burned bright. And there have been other times where it was just basically a flame yes. and dwindling and just giving off smoke. I don't know where you're at this morning in your life, but allow this message to really take heart in your life and bring fire. You know, in my sinful nature, I love comfort. Yeah. On, I love ease. Sometimes I feel like I've paid my dues. Come on. I'm in my 50s. Come on, bro. But this morning, Andrew's lesson really cut. It cut deep. And when I think about what the Spirit wants to achieve in my life, I know the Spirit wants to consume me. That's why it's supposed to. It's supposed to consume me. And yeah. yeah. I want to really make sure that each day I'm be consumed by the Spirit
6: Come on, bro.
11: and let the Spirit guide me. This morning, you know, no more desiring things for myself. Uh, I don't deserve anything. That's it. Really, God deserves to have my best. Come on. Hopefully. Come on has done a lot to your life. Come
12: on. Uh, for me I know that the mission team saved my life. So I'm really grateful for the smellies, for their sacrifice, not the sacrifice, the honor, to go back to the motherland, um, you know, to save our people, my people, you know. And I appreciate you, bro, for sharing about how, you know, you never saw yourself going to Africa. I didn't. And I'm from there, you know, (laughs) because it was all about the American dream, right? And um, I went to the U.S. because I was chasing after the American dream. And I remember the Smellies coming to uh, Chicago at one point, um, Patrick asking me, like, very nicely, like, um, you know, if I could go back to South Africa and help out. And I was so polite in how I responded to her Um, (laughs) that I will not be going back. Um, (laughs) And uh, God humbled me And um, it was, God did not humble me But um, I appreciate going back to South Africa Because it is the best dream ever possible And um, so I'm really grateful to be back in South Africa Um, The challenges are there But it is worth it. And I'm really grateful that, you know, we, um, um, for what we have done so far, like being in South Africa. And I'm grateful too because the challenges, they force you to go on your knees. You know, they help you to grow. Um, I feel like just a little bit time we were in South Africa, that like I've grew in a way that I, I never even thought possible. Um, I appreciate also just even having those, um, we call it low shedding. Sometimes we don't have lights. But you know what? I had the best cranking quiet times oh. in the dark. Oh. Um, so with the sisters who, you know, are still in the. US uh, thinking about what do I what do I need to do you know what you need to do sisters come and talk to me you know I know what you are going through but it is worth it to go back home and study the Bible in your language with your people
5: come on. Yeah. Amen, family uh, thank you so much Andrew uh, guys uh, I know you may be a little jealous we have Andrew all the time Um, I think for me it's very simple what I feel entitled about my health my family my great backyard with the pool and the sunshine you know what's uh, impacting for me is that Andrew has set an example of washing feet why? because I know they've done it for us they've dealt with my selfishness my anger, my resentment. What am I doing? It's time to make a decision.
10: Come on, it, doesn't matter. it doesn't matter where you
5: are. The most important thing is you make the right decision. And if the Lord puts on your heart, come to Africa.
10: Yeah. Let's take a 5 the anniversary,
8: my God. To God be glory.
1: All right.
0: Have a seat. Go go right in. All right, family. We're going to go straight in. Amen.
1: And guys, are you fired up?
4: No, 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 no. I'm not convinced by that. Are you fired? Amen. Well guys, we got some people coming to the stage, so buckle up your spiritual seatbelts, it's about to get real, because we're about to get some sermons
1: on spiritual character. Amen, amen. So,
6: I bring you the future plan oh, God, oh, God of the Mission Team.
4: Africanas world sector, uh, super grateful for Dr. Andrew Patrice Patrick Smelly, uh, it's just an honor to be able to speak today, obviously super grateful for uh, Blaze and Patricia, and there's this incredible work that they're doing there on the African continent. Uh, the title I've been given is A Spirit of Learning in ICCM. Turn away if you would to Acts chapter 4. In Acts chapter four, we find the apostles of Jesus have been arrested. This is obviously in a time when Jesus has ascended into heaven and the ministry work is now in the hands of the apostles. They go out sharing their faith. They go out doing miracles. The members of the Sanhedrin, basically the religious slash political leaders of Israel are not very fired up about these young men who have been trained by Jesus Going all around Jerusalem preaching salvation in Jesus' name. So they arrest him. And then they basically bring them for the Sanhedrin and they're questioning them. And this is how Peter, the leader of the apostles at this time, responds. Come on, in verse 8 of Acts chapter 4. Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit said to them, Rulers and elders of my people, if you're being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple, and you're asking how he was healed. Then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. He is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the capstone. Salvation is found in no one else, but there is one name under heaven given to man by which we must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus Amen. and the church said, Amen. When Jesus commissioned his apostles okay. to go into all nations making disciples, baptizing them and teaching them to obey everything he had commanded, they took it to
0: heart. They understood
4: that at that point in time, the entire world was a mission field. Because right. no one else in the world knew salvation in Jesus' name. Wow. And so they did exactly what they had been commanded, full of boldness and full of faith.
8: Come on.
4: When they get arrested and they are called to account for what they are doing, they don't cower, they don't give in to fear, they boldly stand before the rulers of the people and they tell them, salvation is found in no one else but in Jesus. And after everything that they talked about, the one thing that the Sanhedrin, the leaves of people noticed, was that these men yes were bold yes were faithful yes they had been with Jesus and that's what made a difference in their life because these men were unschooled ordinary men but they had been transformed they had been emboldened they become courageous for one thing alone because they had spent time with Jesus if we may say so They had spent three years in the University of Jesus Christ. And that's what ICCM is all about. I know many of us become disciples because we go through the first principle studies. And we're blown away by the teaching of salvation. We're blown away by the truth in God's word. And just like many of us, as soon as we become disciples, we're on fire for Jesus. Because we think, if I could become a disciple... Everybody I know will become a disciple. Because we look at ourselves like, dude, I'm the worst person in my family. I'm the worst one among my friends. And if I could respond to the message of Jesus, then they're all going to respond. But I know what usually happens. You run to mommy and daddy. You run to uncle, you run to your best friend, I got the news, I got the gospel, Come on. and they usually don't respond the way you expect. And sometimes you're flabbergasted. You're like, am I doing this wrong? Am I not teaching the truth the way I need to? That's where ICCM comes in. Right. ICCM is an opportunity afforded to us by God Almighty to train to teach to go through the University of Jesus Christ so that one day maybe you and I may stand before the rulers of our people maybe one day we may stand before another Sanhedrin by the political leaders of the world and they may look at us and they may wonder why are you so bold why are you so courageous why are you preaching the word on the mission field and they'll know but one day we have spent time in the ministry of Jesus. In closing, go with me to John chapter 1. The Gospel of John is written by John, who was standing before the Sanhedrin there in Acts 1. And he says in verse 14, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us, and we have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And that is the motto of ICCM. Veneer et Veritas. Grace and truth. That's what we're gonna learn, and that's how we're gonna be able to turn the world upside down in our generation. And to God, be all of Amen. Bonjour tout le
9: monde. Church, My name is Patricia Femba go, Patricia. from the mighty Abidjan Church. Yeah. So every time I say that, you know, I speak bad English and I have an accent. Oh, okay, so but I speak French. Okay, so my title of the lesson is The Spirit of Radical Love for the Lost. And thank you, Andrew and Patrick, you know, for the charge. In Romans 3, nine verses one to three, Romans nine one to three, Paul says, I speak the truth in Christ. I am not lying, my conscience confirmed in, 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 in the Holy Spirit. I have great sorrow and, and ceasing anguish in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers. Those of my own race. In Romans 10, verse 1, the Bible says, Brothers, sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. Sisters, our calling and purpose as a disciple of Jesus is to love God completely and to love others compassionately. A sister, we need to have the burden to see that they are lost and they need to come to Christ, sisters. And you can imagine, you know, how the world, I know that you know that, how the world, you know, treat the women, you know, it's very bad. Even during the The pandemic, women were abused. Mm -hmm. Even in France, you know, they were killed. I don't know how you call that. They're very abused in every situation. Mm -hmm. Sister, so for my first point, You need to be aware of the lostness of those around us. They are lost. I don't know. They are not religious. They are not, you know, oh, they are okay because they have money. No. They are lost. They are lost. Our neighbor, when you look at your neighbor, when you look at your relative, when you look at your co-worker, the people on your campus, on your city, they are lost. You know, it's easy in Africa, you know, to be... To see, oh no, they are religious. They are okay. They pray. They go to church every Sunday. It's not about that. Yeah. You know the first principle. You know who is a true disciple. You know who is saved and who is not saved. It's time to put the eyes of Jesus and see that they are lost, sister. You need to be aware that where the, the of the where aware of where they will be, or where they will spend the eternity. Nice. You see? So this is important. So we need to look the crowd like Jesus and have compassion of them. And I want to, my principal point, you know, to start, you know, the radical love starts with compassion, the compassion of Jesus. And I want to imitate Patrick, you know, she starts with the definition. Compassion means Conc- concern for the suffering you know they are suffering spiritually you need to have the compassion look at all these women and you know women sometimes we have the tendency to be very superficial to look at you know the envelope look at how she dressed. very do you know the makeup and all this crazy stuff you know but you need to look at you know the hurt that there are sufferings you know women are empty and I, I, I found, that again, Patrick, I found a quote that says love will find a way, and difference will find an excuse. Are we making excuses, sisters, today, you know? Or do, do we have compassion for all those women? My second point is we comp- radical, sh- radical love means to pray. We have to pray prayer is not about to be religious prayer is part of the life of Jesus Christ our mother It's part of our own life we are Christ, we are christian we have to pray even the bible say pray the father of the harvest." so we need to pray for them and if you don't have the compassion you need to pray God give me the compassion I remember when I was a young Christian I pray even on every day on on 1st Corinthians 13 to have the love, you know, for the women, you know, because it's not easy. Women will love to hurt each other. Even when you study the Bible, you know, they can say crazy stuff to you, you know, and behave like, you know, hello, do you know who I am? But you know, it's not about that. You have to pray to be humble like Andrew uh, share, and to serve them, you know? And my third point is a uh, radical love face adversity. And believe us or not, you know, like I say, you are thinking that in Africa people are lying, you know, to getting baptized. No, you know, we face adversity a lot, a lot. I'm on campus and most of 80 percent of my girls, they got beaten by their parents because they are disciples. Even when they study the Bible, you know, the former pastor come and, you know, argue is crazy on campus you know, and you know, even the, the, the police got my number, ma- they have my number, they don't have Blaise's number, I don't know why, but they have my number, you know, you are, you are, you are thinking, you know, oh Patricia, you know, she's in a corner, doing, doing something, no, they have my number, wow. and they call me, you know, they call me, you know, to say, what are you doing with all these girls, you know, so, even Amadou went to the police, you know, because of the, you know, the, 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 the stuff, you know, and one sister over there, you know, she got the parents, you know, uh, beat her, you know, burned the Bible through, burned all her clothes. She has nothing in Yaoundé. And she lived, she's living now with the sister. Yes, it's terrible, you know. Even one sister I want to share about Sylvia. Sylvia, who lives the sister in Casablanca, she got beaten by her parents, insulted, you know. For Women's Day, dad came. For mom, Women's Day, do crazy stuff, you know, yelling. You know, sister, this is my triple three three points. I love you so much and God. Come
8: on, sister.
3: And I have the honor and the privilege to speak about the spirit of going full time. Right. I also want to thank my incredible leaders, Andrew and Patrick, for giving me this opportunity Come to on, share man. my life and my
12: convictions.
3: Now, I would love to share this incredible, this incredible scripture with the ladies. Um, in Proverbs 19 verse 21 in a TPT version, okay, it reads, a person may have many ideas concerning God's plan for his life but only the designs of God's purpose will succeed in the end. Right. You know, I love this scripture because many of us can have the wrong idea of our purpose because our ideas have been corrupted by our sin and things in our past. And sisters, I can totally relate to this, right? Let me tell you a little bit about my life. Okay. You know, um, I was raised in a domestic abusive home. I lived in a crime-ridden neighborhood where hearing gunshots was normal. My sister died at the age of 15 from a brain aneurysm. I was sexually assaulted, harassed, and abused by strangers and people who I trusted. I was enslaved to impurity. I had no respect for God. I was a compulsive liar and a deceiver. And I struggled with arrogance, idolatry, and unforgiveness.
0: You know, although
3: my life was filled with much disgrace and pain, God used my disgrace and pain to motivate me to find him. It took me 22 years to find God, and when I found him, I kept him. I was so grateful. (laughs) When I became a disciple, I deeply loved helping women find God the way I did. But the last thing on my mind was to go into the full-time ministry for God. My dream was to start my own nutrition business, you know, because I was very passionate about health. Um, I never thought I would go into the ministry because the thought of ministry was scary, yeah. and I was intimidated by how dreams were. I feared failing his dream, and I didn't think I was good enough for his dream. So I indirectly told myself, I'd rather reject the dream of God than try to pursue it and fail at it. However, God saw past my fears, there was hope, God saw past my fears and called me to be an intern for the D.C. Church, San Francisco, Denver, Albuquerque before I moved to, uh, before he called me to South Africa. You know, I believe during this time God was preparing me and training me to have a full-time heart and mind to go anywhere and everywhere for God, right? I had to learn what full-time looks like and what it didn't look like, right? So one, full-time it's not about preference, feelings, or comfortability. You know, sometimes, ladies, we can be picky and particular about how we want the ministry to look. Right? Sometimes we could think about ministry like the clothes in our closets. Right? Picking out what we what we like and what we don't like. Oh, that's cute. That country look cute right there. Or, no, no, no. Right? This is what full time really is. It is to give up your dreams for God dreams. It is committing yourself to serving God at whatever capacity he asks. Right? It's having a surrendered heart and a surrendered mindset to go anywhere and everywhere for God. When I moved from America to South Africa to date Josh who is now my amazing hubby. I love you. I love you baby. I love you.
8: It's
3: a johannesburg church leaving the comforts of america and surrendering to god's plan initially wasn't a huge struggle for me however my biggest struggle was keeping that surrendered heart in mind when life got difficult on the mission field right Amen. okay you know i've gone through a lot in my life um but these are some of the things that i learned you know i during this time when i lost my dad i lost my grandparents i've gone through a lot You know, I became impatient, Um, during the summer I became impatient with God's plans. I felt like I was getting older spiritually, physically, and I wasn't seeing progress in the ministry. I felt envious when I saw some of my friends get appointed or chosen to lead a church. I felt prideful in thinking that God owed me something because I experienced much pain and gave up everything. You know, God had to humble me because I was so full of myself so ladies i have some practicals and perspectives for you guys one we don't deserve the full-time ministry it is a privilege two god will use the full-time ministry to expose our core sins and character flaws and to help us stay safe lastly one of the reasons why i have confidence to go anywhere and go and give up everything is because i know that god is a full-time dad right so i also want to be a full-time daughter Ladies, I want to encourage you to answer the call if God is calling you to the full time ministry. Thank you, God, God.
4: Massive, the spirit of massive generosity. Thank you, Andrew Fatique, and for allowing me to share this topic. And um, massive, exceptionally large. Okay. impressively large okay. wow. large in comparison on, to bro. what is typically given okay. generosity the willingness the heart the desire to want to give or share
11: All right. Come on, you know Jesus
4: was an incredible example of that yes, exactly. and we see this in Matthew 14 in verse 13 the Bible reads when Jesus heard what had happened he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place hearing this the crowds followed him on foot from the towns when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd he had compassion on them and healed their sick as evening approached the disciples came to him and they said this is a remote place and it is already getting late. Send the crowd away so that they can go to the villages and buy themselves something, some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said and he directed the people to, to sit down on the grass taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven he gave thanks and broke the loaves then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people they all ate and were satisfied and the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over the number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. You know, this is incredible, massive generosity. It says 5,000 were fed not including the women and children. So it could have been 20,000. But Jesus did not just give them something to eat. He gave them more than they needed. There were 12 basketfuls left over. Massive generosity. Come on, bro. Let's go. You know, there's something to be said about people that are generous. Come on, bro. Generous people seldom stop. Seldom stop being generous. Usually generous people become more and more generous. Is that your heart? Are you giving generously? Are you giving massively generous? This is something that we need to think about. We need to be imitators of Jesus and his heart of generosity. You know, um, my wife and I are shepherds in training in, in Lagos, <laughs> in Johannesburg. And, um, you know, when we were asked to go on the mission team, you know, we were kind of reluctant, all
6: right, bro. Yeah. but, uh,
4: you know, as time went on and things got pushed back, situations uh, got better, and um, we were, when we were finally asked and the, um, the uh, planting was set to go, we were ready to go. Yeah. And um, we're there not being paid That's right. by the church. Come on, bro. We come are come there supporting ourselves. that's all because of the massive generosity that God has given us in order to do that you know we're able to maintain um, our home in Chicago and things there and also maintain a home in South Africa and that's all because of the massive generosity of God that he's allowed us to be able to do that and I'm so grateful to have that opportunity because it allows me and my wife to be generous. We still give contributions. We still give missions and we look for ways to always give more to increase our mission and our contributions. (laughs) My wife had a dream and her dream was to start a school. We have that dream. She started, we started a school, it's called the Creative Minds Academy. It's a preschool. And it's funded by yours truly yeah. and my wife. We fund it out of our pockets because of God's massive generosity. He's able to do. It's like the loaves of bread and the fishes that were multiplied. He's able. To, we're able to do these things because of our love to give. Amen. And we want to continue to be generous. We want to go after. Being more and more generous. So I encourage you to be massively generous, not just generous, give more than what is expected.
3: Good morning! Good morning! Oh my gosh, you guys are awesome! I'm Vicki James. Alongside my husband Damon James, we serve as shepherds for the DC Church. Yes. And I'm so humbled to stand in for my leader, Tracy J- uh, Tracy James Tracy Harding. We're one, right? Uh, heavy full shoes to, to to fill right there. But please be praying for her speedy recovery and also Ron. Um, I know she had something on her heart about the subject. And thank you, Patrick, for asking me you um, have been asked to speak, yay, Tracy! yay, ah! awesome, amen, that is just encouragement right there. So, uh, we've been asked to speak on uh, the spirit of total forgiveness, so if, if, have you ever said, I will forgive, but I can't forget? Um, I forgive, but I don't have to associate with her. Um, Give, but stop right there. All right. Therein lies the problem. This is when we know that we have not totally forgiven when we have that but, right? I can struggle with forgiveness. Um, I think that's probably the reason why God says you're going to talk about this instead of Tracy. Um, I can struggle that, especially when it's a repeated offense or I think the person doesn't deserve my forgiveness. Or for a lot of us, We can forgive the act, but what we can't or won't forgive is the residual feelings that come from this act, the embarrassment, the trauma, the major loss, because it cuts so deeply and it takes time to heal. And that is what I can struggle with, is I can say, yeah, I forgive you, but inside I'm holding on because it hurts so much. But you know, God sees your pain. And God knows that your fears, sisters, that he knows. But if God can get past my sin, your sin, his pain, and forgive your sins completely, then we have to do the same. So let's look at what God did for our sin. Turn to Micah 7, 18 through 19. Micah 7, 18 through 19. says, who is a God like you who pardons sin and forgives the transgression of the remnant of his inheritance? You do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy. You will again have compassion on us. You will tread our sins underfoot and hurl all our iniquities into the depths of the sea. I'm like, wow, God puts my sin under his foot, tramples it, gone, gone. (laughs) Hurls them in the sea where they sink like a stone. Not there. He's calling us to do the same why because forgiveness is not for the other person forgiveness is for me forgiveness is for you imagine if you've God said it hurts too much i can't forgive that you weren't forgiven for any of the sins that you've committed in the even in the kingdom and i know a hundred percent that every single one of us has done something to hurt someone else right in or out of the kingdom but how do we forgive it's the whole point is to give the way god forgives us well forgiveness is about softening your heart compassion toward another person i think about my dad i hated my dad because he cheated on my mom and that was one thing i didn't like and i had to go through and go wait a minute I need to forgive my dad and the way that I was able to do it is I had to seek to understand where he was coming from. But I also come to a conclusion conclusion he didn't have a relationship with God. That's where my compassion came in. It's not about him, it was about me seeing him where he is and he's capable of doing that because he doesn't have a relationship with God. So a heart that is softened by God will forgive from the heart and love others as he loves. So, sisters, grab a hold of the healing that comes from forgiveness, okay? So, what are some practicals? Number one, examine first what it is you don't want to forgive. Why are you really triggered to hold on to that? Then, remember the cross and what God has done for you. He put your sin under his foot. Second practical, remove the word but when you forgive. You forgive completely as God is completely. So there is no but. And the last practical, above all, pray until your heart is soft and changed. In closing, remember, let's have the spirit of total forgiveness. Thank you.
7: Good morning, Coach. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning.
6: Keep going, bro. <laughs> Keep going, bro. Keep going. Keep going. Keep <laughs> going. Okay.
7: going. Uh, c'est vraiment un privilège pour moi ce matin d'être là. Uh, it is a privilège for me to be here this morning. Et de partager ce thème. A spirit of uh, abundant uh, fruit. Uh, je ne sais pas si vous, avez, vous vous avez senti déjà comme moi. Uh, quand j'étais jeune disciple, je me suis posé une question. Je ne sais pas si vous avez jamais pensé comme moi. Quand j'étais un jeune christian, j'ai demandé cette question. Comment est-ce que je peux rendre Dieu heureux? How can I make God happy? Wow. Comment est-ce que Dieu peut être fier de moi? Comment est-ce que Dieu peut être fier de moi? Jésus tombe sur ce passage, en Jean chapitre 15, de la fin verset 8. Jean 15, verset 8. je vais le lire dans le français. just je vais English. Okay, le français. dans le français. Alors je vais you will le français. Dieu est glorifié lorsque nous portons beaucoup de fruits. God is glorified when we bear much fruits. Pas un seul fruit. Not, not just one fruit. Okay. okay. Mais beaucoup de fruits. Much fruits.
6: Yeah. Come on,
7: bro. Est-ce que Dieu est fier de nous? Wow. Is God proud of you? Yeah. Est-ce que nous sommes en train de porter beaucoup de fruits? Are you bearing much fruits? Wow. Et ce qui doit nous amener à, à être de véritables C'est and helps you to go after very much for to please God is your level of gratitude. Wow. Mais nous sommes sauvés pour sauver d'autres personnes. Because he saved us so that we can save all the people. Yeah. Et je pense que Dieu nous donne le Saint-Esprit pour, une, pour, pour cette même raison. I only really believe that that's a, one of the biggest purposes of God giving us the Holy Spirit. Yes. Parce que Jésus dit en Acts chapitre 1 verset 8 because he said, Jesus said in Acts 1 8, vous allez recevoir cette puissance. Et vous serez mes témoins dans toutes les nations. nations. Et je pense que si on a reçu le Saint-Esprit, c'est pour être des témoins. Parce qu'après la mort de Jésus, les disciples étaient cachés. Mais ils devaient d'abord avoir le Saint-Esprit pour se mettre devant le peuple. They didn't have the power to stand in front of people and testify. the Holy Spirit the day That's why you don't receive the Holy Spirit before your baptism. You receive it again. You are called to become a disciple. Why precise? Because the the, the 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 reason is precise. For bearing beaucoup de fruits. It's giving you that power so that you can bear much fruits. Et en chapitre deux. That's why the next chapter after Acts 1, Ils ont parlé de they were speaking in different like, languages of the nations for communiquer à ces personnes. What was the reason that gave them the ability to talk in different languages? So that they could witness to all the nations. And for that the people were gaining. And what was the reason of witnessing to all the nations? So, it was for them to bear my foot. And yeah. 3,000 people were converted. We and 3,000 people were wow. baptized in one day. L'Église n'a fait que grandir. But it didn't stop there because if you check, the church just kept growing. Au verset 47, acte 2. 2:47. La Bible dit le Seigneur a à l'Église. And the the, the Lord kept adding to the church. Yes. Ceux qui étaient sauvés. Those who were being saved. Et en chapitre 4 verset In Acts 4, Acts la Bible dit qu'ils sont passés à 5000 the, the number of men grew to five thousand. And after the Acts And from then, the Bible did not give any specific number. It was growing larger and larger. The number grew. The Bible just said the number of disciples, disciples were increasing rapidly. The number grew. Rapidly. And there was problems. big problem And now they started having a different type of problem we don't know
8: today.
7: Et les Nah, were, we don't a food. Et ça, c'est un bon problème. Good, good Et <laughs> il fallait maintenant donner la responsabilité à d'autres personnes. Et quand ton église grandit, tu vas avoir de bons problèmes. Il faut élever nos dirigeants. Il faut fortifier nos dirigeants. Et la Bible dit en chapitre 9, verset 31. In Acts 9, 31 Que le assistait l'église et l'église grandissait. The Bible the, the churches kept growing by the assistance of the Holy Spirit. Donc le l'église et l'église doit en de so the Holy Spirit was there in the beginning, it was promised, he started in Acts chapter 2, by Acts chapter 9, he's always there, helping the church to grow in numbers. Et nous sommes là pour porter beaucoup de fruits. So Portant beaucoup de fruits, en laissant beaucoup de fruits, et que Dieu nous
4: bénisse. Amen, amen. Guys, round of applause
8: for
2: all the powerful speakers.
8: Y'all wanna keep going?
6: Alright, you guys sound like Marie. We're gonna keep going. And as a treat for your right answer, Dr. Drew is gonna teach us a new African song. Alright guys, so i want gonna teach you guys a quick medley here. I'm gonna teach you a quick medley. So, um, th- this is a Nigerian quick medley. So uh, for those of you know some Nigerian Nigerian songs, man, they could just keep we just keep singing. Like the next hour or whatever, you know. And so, but we don't have time for that because we got we got lunch appointments. Okay, so so we're gonna sing them, I'll say the song. So if there's no one, there's no one like Jesus. Alright, right, so then I will praise him every day. Um, uh, Jehovah, and then we'll sing, oh sing, oh single. So what we'll do is <clears throat> We're gonna go like this, there's no one, there's no one like Jesus no, So what we're gonna do, I'm gonna get you the songs up so, so there's no, ah, uh, the clap There's no one, there's no one like Jesus There's no one, there's no one like him There's no one, there's no one like Jesus there's no one, there's no one like. Sounds keep going. There's no one, there's no one like Jesus. There's no one, there's no one like Jesus. There's no one, there's no
1: one like Jesus. There's no one, there's no one like him. I walk around, there's no one, no one.
6: I search, I search, there's no one, no one. I read there's no one, no one, there's no one, there's no one you. got that? You got that. It's okay? It's not too difficult. Hey, okay. So I walk around, I search, I look around, there's no one. And then we'll, we'll go from that one, and then it goes, I will praise him every day. I will praise the Lord. And that's it. I will praise Him every day, praise Him every day, I will praise Him. Jehovah, 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 Jehovah. Alright, 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 we gotta stop. Alright, so now you see, you see, you wanna keep going. Alright, right. so then, and then we'll close out with those single single. Okay? There we go, there we go. You guys ready? I at this? I don't need there's no one, there's no one like Jesus. There's no one, there's no one like him. There's no one, there's no one like Jesus. There's no one, there's no one. Uh, Do y'all believe it? Here we go. There's no one, there's
1: no one like Jesus. There's no one, there's no one like him. There's no one, there's no one like Jesus There's no one, there's no one like Jesus I walk, here we go I walk around, there's no one, no one I search, I search, there's no one, no one I walk around, there's no one, no one There's no one, there's no one like Jesus One time, here we go There's no one, there's no one like Jesus There's no one, there's no one Nice there's no one, there's no one like me. there's no one, there's no one like me. I woke up there, no one, no one. I search, I search, there's no one, no one, I will, there's no one, no one, there's no one, there's no one like me. I will praise him, Where go? I will praise him every day. Up, brother.
8: <laughs>
6: see, some of y'all are song leaders. This is what I'm talking about right there. Some of y'all song leaders. Y'all just needed to come to the Afrikaans World Sector to be raised up in the world. I'm looking out for you next time, brother. We'll sing it the next song. I love y'all. Awesome. Let's give it up for the next round
1: of sermon. That's my brother, Damon James, preached the word about the spirit of rallying
0: you know what an honor and privilege it is to be here with you guys today. Uh, I'm so grateful for Andrew and Patrick. Uh, as they lead us powerfully, I'm so grateful for the honor, the honor to be able to speak to you guys because truly it is an honor. Uh, we deserve nothing. Uh, I, I deserve to, to not be here with you. Uh, all I deserve is is the wrath for my sin? You know what? As a result of what I've lived, um, I, I that's all I deserve. But I'm grateful to be here. Amen. I have been tasked with speaking to you in place of my dear brother Ron. Come on. And uh, uh, Ron, I love you, bro. Come uh, I'm very grateful for you, and uh, I'm praying you you get healed up quick, bro. We need you. We need you. But uh, the charge for Ron was rallying courage okay how, how must we rally courage? Come on, bro. Let's, go. Come on. let's look over at acts chapter four amen? the rallying that we need can only come from god but in acts chapter four in verse thirteen it says when they saw the courage of peter and john they realized that they were unschooled ordinary men they were astonished and they took note of these men that they had been with jesus my brother earlier quake who spoke of this he mentioned this this very same scripture and we see here that what, what, what we understand about courage, courage is overcoming your fear of something and doing the very thing you are afraid of courage must be rallied though by God's chosen leader in our ministries amen and Jesus did just that because with Jesus Gethsemane prayer with the Great Commission and the day of Pentecost in mind we are able to now talk about how this courage was rallied and it was not only rallied but it was rallied for the very men who would kill him amen and you know on the night of his arrest Uh, Jesus began by fanning into flame the Spirit, by praying his Gethsemane prayer. He finished fanning the Spirit into flame by then obeying his call to go to the cross. Amen? And, And like so many, though, the 12 saw his example and they fell away. Because most men will not find courage until there's no one left to step up you understand what I'm saying here? Yeah. Most of us will not find courage until there's nobody else to step up. Wow. And I'm so grateful for Andrew and Patrice. Wow. They found courage because no one else was stepping up to take over there in, in Lagos. And I remember they came to our house with the Lagos team when they first pulled them together. They sat in our living room and they ate, they ate Nigerian food. Amen. And uh, it was amazing. We ate Nigerian food. Amen? <laughs> so I don't know if that was a, a, a premonition or anything, but amen, amen. But we've got to be able to step up when nobody else will. That's what true courage is. Amen? And But then Jesus resurrected, amen? And, and he gathered them to the mountain. And he rallied courage in them by commissioning them to overcome their fears of being persecuted exactly like him. And he sent them to go into all the world. And you know, in Acts 1, all together, right? In Acts 1, they were all together, and they began fanning into flame the Spirit. And they completed fanning into flame the Spirit with their obedience to go to all the ends of the earth. And what an example of courage Jesus rallied on that, not faithful night, but on that faithful night. Amen? Come on. Come on, you know, my dear brothers and sisters, let us fan into flame the Spirit of God. Let us overcome our fears and do the very thing in our ministries that we're afraid of. Let us rally courage in every last man and woman, in every Africanist church, by giving them the same commission that Jesus gave us. When he rallied in your, your courage and mine, and he called all of us to carry the torch of evangelization to the nations in our generation. Amen. And to God be the glory. Amen
2: incredible lesson so far uh, my name is Nick Wynn I intern at the mighty Johannesburg International Christian Church Amen. thank you Andrew for this incredible privilege a spirit of gathering the remnant um, in the previous movement we didn't understand what remnants were we didn't understand that anybody needed to be called out of anything we were just disciples. But being a remnant myself, I had attitude on, when I first heard the word that you are a remnant. I felt like a leftover piece of pizza. Please turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 23. But if you are any, anything like me, I love food. And leftovers taste better the next day. So remnants are pretty cool. Amen. We taste good. Guys, I want to I talk a little bit just this morning of why it's important to go after the remnant. Yes. Because now that we're part of the new movement, yes. there are remnants and they need you. Yeah. And I'll never forget that, the, well, firstly, what is the meaning of the word remnant? It just simply means a small group of people that have survived something. You know, um, I left the ICOC in, in the end of 2012 for different reasons. And, uh, but I believe God's hand was on me and God used that time period just to... I never stopped being a disciple. On, and I think sometimes when we hear remnants or we think of remnants, we automatically go into judgment mode that there's something wrong with them. Are you in Jeremiah 23? Come on, bro. Good because I'm not going to read there from now. I'm going to quote Isaiah 37, and it says this. This is God. He says, Once more, a remnant of the kingdom of Judah will take root below and bear fruit above. For out of Jerusalem will come a remnant, and out of Mount Zion, a band of survivors. And the Lord God Almighty will accomplish this.
8: Amen.
2: See, it is God's heart. It is God's heart to call out those that are hurting But that are valuable We have no idea that the kingdom of God today The modern day movement It's essential that we call out the remnant You know why? Because it is the zeal of God that wants to accomplish that So what do we do? We've got to call them out We've got to call them back because it's God's heart. Jeremiah 23, I'm reading from verse 1. So we've got to understand that these remnants
1: are where they act,
2: not because of themselves. Woe to the shepherds who are destroying and scattering the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. Therefore, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says to the shepherds who tend my people. Because you have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not bestowed care on them, I will bestow punishment on you for the evil that you have done, declares the Lord. I will place shepherds over them who will tend them and they will no longer be afraid or terrified. Nor will any be missing, declares the Lord. We have brothers and sisters in the ICOC that are terrified and afraid and are looking for shepherds to take care of them. Wow. It is you. Exactly. So we're going to start reaching out to them. We're going to have a spirit to call these people back so that we can take care of them because they are vital. You know what's incredible about a remnant? I never stopped having quiet times when I left the ICOC. But yet I was labeled
10: a fall away.
2: I had a brother sitting in my living room and I looked at him and I said, Bro, do you consider me a brother in his... His silence spoke greater words. He didn't even have to speak. And it hurt. Wow. Our perception of those that are remnants, they are waiting for God's people to call them back. Remnants are diehards. They are loyal. They be, not need to be taught all over again. They will teach you how to stay faithful, how to stay strong, and how to never give up. So how are we going to do this? I'm glad you asked. Verse 3 says, Again, God says, I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them. And I will bring them back to their pasture where they will be fruitful and increase in number. See, God has already set them aside. It's up to you to make the call. It's up to you. Do you know a remnant? Give him a shout. Because God has already ignited that spirit within him to come back. Tell them that we are here to gather them with open arms, to love them, and to God be all the glory.
13: Hi Afrikarnas family! <laughs> it's um, really a very, very great honor um, to stand before you today. And I want to uh, just extend my love and honor to our beautiful sister, Cheneire Akinpenwa in Lagos. This was supposed to be her lesson. I feel deeply honored to share. Um, as I know, this is your heart as well, my sister. Uh, my name is Jeanette Grunewald. I'm married oh to Jacques Grunewald. Um, oh we are <laughs> Shepherds and Training for the Johannesburg Church. And we are deeply honored and grateful to be in the battle with you, Dr. Drew and Patrick. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your friendship and just for believing in us. And yeah, thank you so much for this opportunity to speak this morning. On, to my sisters, <laughs> the title Cheneyri uh, has been given, and I've been given this morning, is the spirit of true humility be- before God's word. And in the fashion of my disciple Patrick, I also want to define words, Patricia. <laughs> so the word spirit is the seat of our emotions, our character, and our soul. Okay. It is who we are. Yeah. Then I want to define the word humility. It's the quality of having a modest view of oneself wow. and one's importance. That's and that's how I feel being at this GLC. Come on, sis. It's yeah. truly just mind-blowing <laughs> that we can be here with you all. I'm yeah. so grateful. Thank you again, Come Dr. Drew and Patrick. You know, something else that we are, so we're spirit, but something that we have a choice of is whether we are humble or brightful. And I want to read um, in Nehemiah 8 this morning. This is a scripture our brother Table Simon shared in a welcome a couple of weeks ago um, in the Jobber Church, and it's just stuck with me. So Tebo, thank you for the scripture, my brother. But in Nehemiah 8, verse 1, it says, all the people came together as one in the square before the water gate. They told Ezra, the teacher of the law, to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. Verse 3, he read it aloud from daybreak till, to, till noon, as he faced the square before the water gate, in the presence of the men, women, and others who could understand. And verse 5. Ezra opened the book all the people could see him because he was standing above them and as he opened it the people stood up Ezra praised the Lord the great God and all the people lifted their hands and responded amen amen then they bowed down and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground this is the kind of humility and awe our brothers and sisters had post Babylonian exile So this is basically the first time the word of God is being preached since the reconstruction of the walls in Jerusalem. This is a big deal. Can you imagine how you would have felt, my sisters, if you were there? And in South Africa, and Africa, we do emotions journals. And I think some of the emotions that would have come up in my heart was awe. I would have been in, I think I would have been in tears. Um, I would have been relieved and deeply, deeply grateful I loved how Nick shared about the remnant because that's how we feel about God's new movement. We were baptized in the Cape Town ICOC, both Jock and I, at various times Jock, in April 2003 and myself in November 2003, and we met um, each other in the church. And then in 2006 we moved to England, and pretty much a year later um, we got in touch with a new movement. And Tim and, Lee and Kernan rescued us <laughs> when they led the remnant group there. And then the Williamson's came in 2010. And we had the privilege to be with them until we joined Andrew and Patrick to come to, uh, to South Africa. Wow. And, um, you know, many of our brothers and sisters here would have felt that pain. You know, they, they've seen a lot of pain and, and destruction in, in their lifetime. Um, and the destruction of their beloved city. You know, the Word of God is compared to a couple of things, my sisters. It's compared to a double-edged sword in Hebrews 4.12. A fire and a hammer in Jeremiah 23.29. A lamp in Psalms 119, verse 105. And a mirror in James 1.22.25. It's also the truth. John 17.17. 17. And recently, um, the Word of God has helped me in all these areas in my life. But, um, you know, it's, it's um, more, more particularly um, just a fire, a sword, and a lamp in my life. Because in the last two years, after we came back from London, um, I lost my sister to breast cancer. She was my baby sister. Like your baby sister doesn't die before you, It just doesn't happen, right? And then, literally four weeks ago, I lost my mom. Come on,
8: Jeanette. Come on. You
6: got this,
11: Jeanette.
13: One of the hardest things I had to battle with was trusting God, and it was if it wasn't for God's word and the hope and these promises that we have through it, I don't know if I would be here today. Yes one of the greatest things I had to wrestle through was submission to God's word and righteousness through forgiveness I didn't think I would be able to do it and acceptance um, God's word had become a strength the truth and comfort to my heart as I faced these battles in my life but we cannot embrace the battles in our life or embrace just God's word if we're not truly humble. So this morning I have some practicals for the sisters. You no, know, I was amazed. I looked like the word of God is amazing because God breathes out stars, right? In the Psalms it says that the word of God created breathed out, God breathed stars. So I was like, that's the same word we're reading this morning. So when we ha- hold the Bible in our hand... You know, we've become so used to taking our phones, but this is the word of God, sisters. I want to challenge you. Get a new Bible. I'm going to get a new Bible when I go back to Joburg. (laughs) Um, I also want to encourage you to pray for and be courageous in boldly preaching the truth of God's word and not your opinion or my opinion from the watered-down codependency version. I know very well because I can be tempted to worry about what people think of me. So I just want to encourage you sisters this morning, stand in awe of God's word. Many have died in order for us to have it in English. And to God be the glory.
3: to be with you all. Thank you so much Dr. Drew and Fatrigue, for allowing me to share. I'm also speaking in, in place of Kate Ambiodo, unfortunately she couldn't come uh, because of visa issues. And the title of my
12: charge today
3: is a spirit of loyalty in discipling relationships. And so just to join with my awesome mentor, uh, in, in definitions, loyalty is a strong feeling of support or allegiance. You know, and ladies, speaking to the ladies, uh, in order for us to have a spirit of loyalty in our discipling relationships, we must first be loyal to God. Amen. You know, a great man in the Bible who was loyal to God um, and loyal to his people was David. Right. You know, in First Chronicles chapter 12, okay, verse 33, it says, From Zebulun, experienced soldiers prepared for battle. With every type of weapon to help David with undivided loyalty and another translation says undivided heart you know if you read throughout the chapter you see how these men were determined to make David king over all of Israel and as we know David was very successful in his campaigns as he led Israel so why were they determined to make David king Right, because he invested in them uh, when they were in distress, discontented, and in debt. Right, and I know for me, when I first became a disciple, you know, I'm, you know how after you study the Bible and then you get baptized, you're like, where's all the
12: love? You know,
3: <laughs> it's like the, where did the love go? Right, um, and then to top that off. Uh, my discipler at that time, she fell away about a month or two after I became a disciple. And I was like, what's going on here, right? And this could have stopped me from being loyal to God, you know, and to my next disciple. But I decided to make it, make a decision to give my heart to my next disciple. You know, when you're discipling people, do you see it as a checklist? You know, because if, for me, to her, it was a checklist for her. You know going to la uh, and then going to the parish mission team and back to la you know i went through so many disciples right and it was hard it wasn't easy to always give your heart i remember even having a discipler for like a month and then i had to change another dis discipling you know, but I, did, I chose to not um, give it to the temptation of not giving them my heart because I saw it was going to hurt my relationship with God and myself as well. You know, and another time that my loyalty was tested was just having different challenges in discipling women with mental health. You know, I didn't have faith that God can use me to help them. Wow. You know, I sometimes to my shame, I didn't look forward to my discipling times with them. You know, I didn't think I was equipped. Um, And I remember thinking like, God, when are they going to change? You know, and I saw that I am the one that needed to change, not them. (laughs) I needed to have faith for them. You know, and I can say today, with the help of the awesome women in my life, uh, it's a completely different relationship you know ladies we must make the decision not to run away from challenges that come with discipling and decide to be loyal to your discipler you know if i didn't repent it would have been a loyalty killer you know and other loyalty killers a lack of trust in god idolatry can stop us from being loyal pride and independence thinking we know better than our disciples being sentimental not calling sins out can stop us from being loyal ultimately loyalty is a decision and a choice you know some practicals i have with the ladies have a heart to heart with your disciples if you have any quiet reservation resolve it today you can rebuild your loyalty have set times for your discipling time be in the battle together it builds loyalty bonds our hearts together Do research and understand the women you're discipling. It helps you to understand and it shows love and care. Be a sponge to your discipler. Learn as much as you can from them. Do not compare your discipling relationship, your past discipler from your present discipler. Do not compare. Show appreciation for your discipler and build family have times where you can build memory and also be a friend to your discipler sometimes we don't be we're not friends to our discipler. we think that they're Jesus they're not right and imitate the good in them and the challenge I want to ask uh, the ladies today is ask your discipler in what ways can I be more loyal to you And if you're discipling someone, ask them, how can you be more loyal to them? And so a great quote that Dr. Drew did for our Bible Talk leaders Mm -hmm. lesson one time. He says, people need to show loyalty the most when they deserve it the least. And Proverbs 17, 17 is a great scripture for that. And to God be the glory. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my name is Patrice Smelly, and the title of my charge today is a spirit of unstoppable discipline. You know, I'm speaking in the place of Osas Atohengbe, the evangelist of the Mighty Kampala International Christian Church. Again, unfortunately, he couldn't make it because of visa issues. So pray for us in Africa. Amen. So, sisters, please turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1. You know, before I, we look at this scripture, I want to ask everyone in here a question. Okay. So, by a show of hands, and don't be shy, amen. By a show of hands, who in here struggles with being disciplined? Yes, you know, almost everybody has raised their hands because this is something that is common to man. But I want to convince all of you of something. You might be shocked when I say this, but I want to convince you of something. You are actually more disciplined than you think. You you are actually very disciplined. I'll explain in a moment. But I wanted to find discipline. Discipline is the practice of training yourself and others to obey rules or code of behavior. Guess what? We all have a code or a standard for our behavior. And you know what? We follow it religiously. Therefore, we are more disciplined than we think. I want to give you some examples of this, okay? So we can be very consistent when it comes to not waking up on time and getting the be alive. can be extremely disciplined when it comes to eating unhealthy You have a talent for making bad choices almost every time this takes commitment (laughs) some can also be consistent in watching netflix and binging on shows for hours can you relate seeing all more disciplined than you think Some of us can be so undisciplined in that that it's a discipline, right? We can be consistent in being inconsistent. But guess what, sisters? This is not the discipline that God wants for us. For those of you who know me, I strive to live a very disciplined lifestyle. I get up at 4.50 a.m. every morning. Why 4.50, you might ask. That's another day and another lesson, amen? I also exercise every single day. I schedule everything. I schedule when I wash my daughter's hair. I schedule when I cook, when I clean. I schedule day structure. I schedule everything because if it's not in my planet, guess what? It probably won't happen. Okay. So I am also very disciplined in my eating habits. I have some health conditions and I've learned that food. Can either harm us or it can heal us, and I want food to heal me. So, because of this discipline, God has allowed me to reverse my diabetes to the point that I don't need to take medication anymore. That yeah. is unstoppable discipline. However, guess what? I wasn't born disciplined, okay? I used to be so undisciplined as to be embarrassing to share some of the things that I have done. I don't have time for that. If you want to know, come ask me later. But you know, I love Second Timothy chapter. 1 in verse 7 where God teaches us and he gave us, as a baptized disciple, he gave us a spirit, amen? And it is a spirit that is not timid, but it gives us power and it gives us love and it teaches us self-discipline, amen? You know, so what I love from the scripture is that if we are not disciplined, the power the Holy Spirit can have in your life has been dimmed. You quench the Holy Spirit. You know, another word for quenched is overcome. When you hit that snooze button, you overcome the Holy Spirit in your life. Is that how you want to live your life? How do we repent? I'm gonna give you some practicals. Amen. (laughs) And I pray for you. The first practical is pray for a biblical conviction on discipline. We've got to study this out in the Bible, ladies. Look to scriptures like 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 to help you. Number two, schedule your (laughs) life. You write into the schedule, amen. So put everything in your planner and look at your planner throughout the day. You know some of us are really good at using a planner. We write everything in it, right? And then we miss it because we don't look at it. We got to look at that planner. And then my last point is my last practical: do what you don't want to do when you're supposed to do it. Make no excuses. You know if we live our lives based on these practicals. We can have a spirit of unstoppable discipline. Thank you. you.
7: Let's give it up to my sister, Patrick Smith. Oh my gosh. Now I have to put that into practice right now, by preaching in five minutes right now. Show some discipline right now, oh my gosh. Then I have a police officer right there, Nick Williamson, okay, it's your turn right now. Alright, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. So, what a joy to be together, Brother Andrew and Patrick, it's a joy to be with you guys. and. Uh, forever, forever, until Jesus comes back. We love you guys and uh, we will do anything so that together we can conquer the motherland. Um, For you guys who are coming over here because you're curious to see what's going on in the motherland. The motherland is the best place you should be. So I was given a charge to speak very precisely on the spirit of liberating the remaining African nations. By the grace of God, the Holy Spirit is really moving on the continent of Africa. And today we don't have the privilege of having one of our fierce warriors over here, Miki Gungu. And I couldn't start this without mentioning him. Him not being over here, it's like me being half here. It's my twin brother. We've been in a former movement together. Um, We need to go go and do it again until Jesus comes back. So let's pray for him. I really believe he's going to recover. Totally believe he'll get out of India. And our brother will love you. He's probably watching right now. You are with us. We are over here for you. And at the beginning of this year, just for you to know that uh, God is really moving in Congo. Let's go. The church went from 491 since January to 633 in seven months. And uh, and, uh, in Abidjan, from January to July, we've had already 177 baptisms. And the campus went from 163 at the beginning of the year to now 252 in Abidjan. And we are planting Kampala in September, and we are planting Casablanca in September too. And Andrew already said, we're planting Nairobi next year. All right. As much as these victories are encouraging, we still have a lot of land to conquer. This brings me back to the story of the Promised Land. We all talk about the Promised Land, the law-free Israel to give them the Promised Land. Correct? We all know that, right? From kindergarten, right? but actually it's a very sad story because the story of the promised land is sadly the one of an incomplete conquest That's it. and God still thinks about it till today Like, dang, they were close together yeah. but they missed it in Joshua chapter 13 verse 1 the Bible says now Joshua was old advanced in years and the Lord said to him you are old, advancing years, and there remains very much land yet to be possessed. Stop there. Yet there remains very much land to be possessed. Two points, simple points. Why did they miss to conquer the entire land? And what would prevent us from conquering all the 54 African nations.
6: Come on, bro. Let's go.
7: The same thing. Wow. Number one, don't be a passive recipient.
0: Mm-hmm.
7: See, Operation Modern Land yeah. has been inspired to our leader, Andrew. Amen. We still have a lot of cities That's
8: right.
7: with at least a million people in there. About 23 of them we only have until 2030 to conquer those lands but god as much as he can promise you something if you sit down and do nothing nothing will happen you have to go take the land god has given you so don't be a passive recipient in your life you could be waiting for God to do so many things for you because he has promised it but the question is what are you doing to take what God has given you already let's go, boys. they had to believe the Lord and fight to take possession they started well but they finished poor and that's not what we're gonna do let's go we're going to be active recipient of God's promises. That means today you could determine what will be your destiny in the next couple of years. But for that to happen, you have to obey God today. Because the commands of today are the things that determine your blessings of tomorrow. So you got to make the decision today, I'm going to be part of the conquest. I don't just want to be the one that's going to hear about the conquest.
10: Wow.
7: Because one way or another, the job will be done. Yes. But the question is: is the job will be done with you? That's it. Right. Number two, and I will finish: don't settle for less. Or maybe better, stop settling for less. Genesis 11:31. Abraham and his family were called to go to Canaan and you could read that home I don't have time I'm already having my tea sign and I'm pretending I don't see him but the bad thing is I'm imitating all of you that went before me but I need to blame you Tina was looking the other way so Genesis eleven thirty-one you can read that home they left they were packed they packed their bags this you have to go study it out some of us think the first time abraham was called was in genesis 12 no that was not the first time we was called by god it was called in genesis 11 because they left their town already they packed everything the entire family were going to canaan and then they got to a city called iran and the bible says they settled there that was not the destination do you think your time in America is your final destination do you think your studies in America are your final destination you're only pretending because deep down in your heart you know you were called for better than that so the question is why did they settle in iran it was a very prominent city actually it was halfway between the country of the sumerians where they were coming from and kenya they actually went. they obeyed god they obeyed god fifty percent they went halfway. way and iran was a nice city prominent city and that was the last city before now you enter the last part of the journey was like a desert until kana so they look up they went "Mm, no let's stop here (laughs) there's so many food right here in iran there's uh, life insurance over here (laughs) there are no mosquitoes over here (laughs) There's a lot of money over here. And there's an American dream over here too. And it's settled for less. Question, have you been settled for less? And I will finish. The Bible says, because they settled there, Terah died there. And that's when Abraham moved to go all the way to Africa so you was stuck in Iran because of terror that's
10: right
7: and maybe you're stuck in America because of your terror the question is what is that terror in your life that needs to die for you to go all the way to Nigeria for you to go all the way to South Africa or to Uganda and it's a, it's a privilege to work with uh, Andrew and Patrick and honestly they, they went to Africa and I'm disciple by Andrew and sometimes we talk about this now like when we come to conferences like this it's good for people from all, all over Africa to show up in our classes like this but actually we don't need you to show up we need you to pack up yeah. Sometimes we come over here at these conferences and we hear from you, and we encourage whenever you come to us, you come to Andrew and Patrick, you go, let me give you a hug. We are praying for you. We hear that all the time. Oh, guys, you guys are doing so good in Africa. Oh, guys, you guys are doing so great over there. We love you. We are praying for you, please. Please, you've been praying for us a long time. <laughs> now, please come join us on the ride. And let's come the many nations. To God be the Lord.
10: Field, let's give him a round of applause. Thank you so much for your sacrifice. You know, uh, my name is Mike Schaefer from the Mighty DC Church. And uh, I don't know if you noticed, but I'm actually not African. And when I, when I realized Jesus died for me, I died in the waters of baptism to go anywhere, do anything, and give up everything for Jesus. You know, the one thing I realized, the biggest thing I've taken away from this session is that, I mean, I'm American. I do have a German passport, but I'm an Africanist, amen?
8: Um,
10: but I'm, I've become entitled. And when I'm entitled, I become nearsighted. God says to live by faith, not by sight. So when I'm entitled, I get nearsighted in my life. I can't see beyond me and what God wants to do. So I need to get out of my own way and answer the call. You know, I asked the usher in the back during the middle of the session, I said, how many people are in the room? He said, 138. And I asked Nick when how many countries are in Africa? I'm still learning. I just got into Africana, so I'm learning that. He says, 54 countries. 54 times 2 is 108. So if all of us would just grab the next person to us, we could go 2 by 2 in every country and evangelize Africa. You see, God wants to expand my love in your love. He wants to expand your vision and my vision. He wants us to get rid of all of our excuses. Because the excuses are really holding back the Holy Spirit. So if you got a visa or passport or citizenship, you need to go back. And we need to build up Africa and the Mid-Atlantic United States. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. And let's have, uh, we're going we're gonna to pray and I have one final song. But let's pray. Let's uh, hold hands and pray. Father God, we thank you so much for our fearless leaders, Andrew and Patrick. God, we thank you so much for Ron and Tracy and Blaze and Patricia and all the work that's being done. We pray for Operation Lionheart, Father God. We need to get there, Father God. Africa needs us, God. Help us not to limit the Holy Spirit. Help us to pack up and get out there, Father God. And God, please, help us to finish Operation Bravery, Father God. When I look out and I see my brothers and sisters, it's I'm fired up to financially sacrifice, God.
8: Yes.
10: It's awesome to see what we have here, God. And I pray, God, we finish the work there in the mid-Atlantic. Please,
8: please, God. So we
10: can support Africa, Father, God. We can get the job done, God. Help us to move out of the way and use your Holy Spirit in us, God. We love you. We thank you. And we pray all this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Alright Sean, let's stand on up.
6: You know what time it is. Now hold on, don't rush me now. Because you're gonna have more to do than just this this, this lap right now. there's a joy.
1: There's our joy. There's our joy. My heart, My heart is full of God's joy My heart is full of God's joy My heart is full of God's joy Jesus is the Lord Here we go Jesus is the Lord There is our love, there is our My heart is full of God's My heart is full of My heart is full of God's, heart full of God's Jesus here we go. Jesus, Jesus. My heart is full of praise. Jesus is the God. Here we go. Jesus is. Come on, y'all. There is a joy. There is a joy. There is a joy. God's My heart is full of joy. My heart is My heart is full of God's
4: Jesus,